I craft everything in the beginning. I know where the characters are going before I start writing the book. Anne Patchett. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. Today, we are talking about a very popular myth that might not be a myth. It's one of those things you hear a lot and you read a lot, especially on the forums, is I lost control of my characters. They're writing the book themselves. I'm just documenting it. While there is some credence to that, you are still the author and you are still in control. That is why we are calling this a myth. Sorry to break your heart because I know they're very real to a lot of you, but they're just characters. They don't have any will except the one you place in them. Which is funny because apparently somebody decided to do a survey and they surveyed about 50 fiction authors and found that 92% of them experienced the phenomenon of their characters having their own agency. Even the author Philip Pullman, who wrote His Dark Materials, expressed that he kind of had to have an argument with one of his characters in order to convince her to do what he wanted her to do. So that he had to negotiate a deal with her, which sometimes that's basically just our subconscious arguing against our desires to have our characters do something that is out of character. More on that in a minute. But did you have an imaginary friend growing up? No, I had a sister that was worse than any imaginary friend could have been. (laughs) Me too. Love you, Brie. Love you, Chris. Having siblings, I think, helps with the imaginary friend thing. But it's interesting to me that a lot of children who have an imaginary friend will argue with said imaginary friend. And I kind of feel like we writers also fall into that category where we end up arguing with our characters and negotiating with them in some regard. Yes. So this myth that the character controls the author exists for a very good reason. Many authors experience their characters having their own agency. That's because when we create characters, we develop them so well in our heads that they almost become real to us. Your characters, if they are well-developed, should have wills of their own. Yes, this is a good sign of a well-developed character, but they are never outside of your control. Not completely. If you want to know a little bit more about characters and how to help develop their needs, their goals, go back to our January series and listen to the episode where we talked about Brandon Sanderson's quotes. He has a great section on how to write a character's goals, what they want, how they can get it, why they can't have it. But that's why this myth exists, because these characters become real. We give them things that they want, that they need. But like Lee said, you are still in control. Through experience, you will learn that you still get to make those final decisions. Like in Dungeons and Dragons, the Dungeon Master still gets the final say. And the Dungeon Master is a vital role in the storytelling process. Yes, the DM should respond to the characters in some way, but ultimately the DM is the one designing the story that they're all playing in. If you didn't have a DM, it would not be very fun. 
And as a writer, you are the DM. You still have that control over what it is, especially in the first half of the story when stuff is happening to your characters rather than the characters doing the stuff. You are the one that makes that happen. You get to decide what happens. And ultimately, you decide what the characters do in the second half of the book. But this is when they might argue with you if you try to get them to do things that aren't in their character. So I will say, yes, I am a plotter. It makes perfect sense to me that I control the characters. I know exactly what they're doing. I know exactly what it takes to change them from this mentality to this mentality. I know when that happens in this story. You are a pantser. Yes. I guess I could say that I experienced this, but I attribute it more to one half of the brain saying, no, the character wouldn't do that, rather than the character itself telling me I wouldn't do that. So even though your characters help define the story in some regard, ultimately, I still know I'm in control. I can still make them do what I want. And the first draft of Kill Death Ratio is the perfect example of that, because the first draft was me saying, this is how it's going to go. And then at the end going, hmm, none of that works. I should have listened to the other half of my brain. Let's try this again. So... What is the issue with having your characters control you? It leads to unfinished stories, unfinished series, because your characters go trouncing off in their own direction, doing what they want to do rather than what needs to happen. And you have excessively long stories, things that don't actually need to be there, irrelevant scenes, and no direction for your story whatsoever. There's also an issue with concluding your story in that your readers won't necessarily know when it's over. If the characters get what they want all the time, then there's no victory at the end. There's no happily ever after. Real life detectives are juggling several different cases all the time. So you can't go, this is the moment that this story about this detective is complete because, oh, well, this other case that they're working on is now taking priority and blah, blah, blah. Having your character control the story means there is no ending, no happily ever after. Because they continue living in your head. They continue going. So if your main character is that detective and they're working multiple cases... What's to say the ending of your story? Is it going to be when they finally retire? But what about that cold case? Exactly. A lot of retired detectives start working cold cases part-time for funsies. This is especially true for the sad endings of your story. If they don't get what they want, the marriage ends up in divorce. How do we know it's the end of the story? Understanding why your characters can't be in control is actually the key to finishing a novel. Because if your characters are getting what they want, they're running the show, more or less, then there is no major victory. There is no act three. Because if it's up to your characters, they would never fail. And you need failure in your story. You need things to go wrong. Sometimes you get those moments where it is totally in character for one particular player in this to go off the rails and do something completely erratic and throw everything off balance. And it creates problems that you can then use to help 
propel that second act like we talked about last month, that bad decision from a leader or whatever. But that's rare because your characters, if you give them free reign, will never want to fail. Okay, if this character needs to go off the rails, it's your job to still progress the story with that action. Like any good dungeon master in Dungeons and Dragons, you will always have a character that decides to go off the rails. You'll always have a player just decide, I'm going to go this way. And as the dungeon master, you have to figure out how to use that in the rest of it. Use your character's strengths, use your character's flaws. You still decide what challenges they run into. If you find yourself in this quandary where the characters feel like they have their own agenda and they're misbehaving, they aren't doing what you want them to do. There are a couple of reasons for this and a couple of ways to solve this particular issue. One I mentioned earlier is that that action is out of character and your subconscious knows that, so it's fighting you. Of course, if the action really needs to happen, but that action is out of character, the solution would be to have a different character do it. A different character is usually the solution to this because your characters shouldn't be all the same. They shouldn't be working toward the same goal for the same reason. The different reasoning could be that difference you need to have that action suddenly make sense. And the other reason why your characters might misbehave is because what's happening actually isn't relevant to the plot and just needs to be cut. That doesn't mean don't write it. Maybe if you recognize this is happening, you can write it on another page or put it on your blog or something like that. Writing it is perfectly okay, so long as you're writing selfishly, but it will probably get cut out of the final draft, especially if your editor knows what they're doing. A lot of these differences are the difference between having your plot be first and having your character be first. Stick with us for next month's bonus episode. Our series is all going to be versus episodes. We're battling it out. And in that bonus episode, we are going to be battling it out between plot first and character first stories. Either way, your characters should not be controlling you in the end. You should be controlling your characters. You are the god of your little world. You design them. And if they're well crafted, the choices they would make should make sense. But it's your job as the author to put difficult choices in front of them. That's what storytelling is. So love your characters, let them be real, but love yourself and the fact that you are in charge. So you can listen to your characters, but write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 